Thank you for joining us on another episode of Popcorn for Breakfast with your fabulous co-host, Kirk. Hello, hello. I'm your other co-host, Cam. We're coming at you on Thursday. What is today? Thursday? Wednesday? Wednesday. They will hear us Thursday, but right yes, now. Yes, the date of recording is Wednesday, September 15th. Correct. For another hour. 20, yes. 2021. So here we are. We're not on the stream this week. We're, we're kicking it old school. Um, for a lot of reasons, I think mostly just that uh, I'm busy this week because I'm prepping for vacay going out of town at the end of the week. So had to get my packing done, get the dogs their their vaccines, their shots and whatnot so they can go get boarded and you know all the fun stuff that comes with going on vacation. So mm-hmm. that's what we're working with right now. So um, also uh, unrelated, if you are the praying type, I will be flying on an airplane um, during a pandemic with a three-year-old and a one-year-old. And I mean that as unironically as possible. If you have, if you have prayers or good thoughts to send my way, please do. Um, Cause it's only a two hour flight, uh, but I'm concerned. I'm concerned. Yes. And so uh, Marshall, your three-year-old will have to wear a mask, but Elliot correct. will not. Is that correct? That is correct. Yes. And we've been trying out a lot of masks. I bought probably every mask there is. Not to use like a very Donald Trump quote there, like with the exaggeration. <laughs> probably every mask. <laughs> I've tried every mask. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I've I've bought like probably, but legitimately, I've bought over ten masks for this trip. I, like Jackie's bought some. I bought six the other day. We're rocking mm. all of them. They they it's been going well because he goes to preschool now. He has to wear a mask at preschool, so it's all getting worked out. Right, um, and so that's much longer than two hours. It's, he does half days, is that correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's, that's, that's much longer that's like than four two hours. hours. Yeah, yeah, he does okay. So Walk in the park. But he's three, and three is the worst age in the history of existence. It just is so <laughs> bad. Like, I love my kid so much, but I've never met a three-year-old and been like, yeah, I want to hang out with that kid. <laughs> <laughs> like, literally never. I, I, I have nieces and nephews whom I love with all of my heart, and I will just say that three years old has been a tough age for all of them, and it's yes. not their fault. It's just one of those things. You know, you just go through the ups and downs of life, and that just, that age specifically, the stars align, and you are just horrible to be around. Yes, you know, you have the the terrible twos. I don't think that's a thing no, anymore. No, I love two-year-olds. Yes, society has changed, culture has changed, and yes. now we have terroristic three-year-olds. Yeah, I mean, they really right. are. You cannot negotiate with them. No, but it everything is, is a negotiation. That's true. A negotiation, <laughs> is true. it is like negotiating with terrorists. I like the analogy because you have zero leverage. Yes. Like, <laughs> they are holding their hand on the trigger. You know, and you're you have yeah. nothing. You have nothing. Like it's like a dead man's trigger, right? So like, no matter what, no matter it's what, it's, it's a lose lose. It's every every negotiation is lose lose. Bottom line, you're 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 done for. So like right now, the battle that we fight on a regular basis is he wants to sleep with his door open, but mm-hmm. also wants to, you know, yell and scream and carry on in his room, or just come out of his room and into our room in the middle of the night. And I'm like, I will, I will close and lock your door. 
And he's like, well, I will bang on my door and scream and cry. And I'm like, you win. I, I, like, I, what, what do I do with that? Like, I can't do anything because then he'll wake up the one-year-old. Like, it's just he knows that he's like, I, I have the high ground. He's like, he I, am the, I am the captain. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Staring deeply into yeah, your I'm eyes. I'm like, dude, you know what? Touche. I have to respect the hustle. I, I, really, I really do. Um, well, here's the, here's the biggest problem, Cameron. You are a very intelligent person, and you're, you're raising a very intelligent son, too. Well, I appreciate that. So because of your discernment, your logic, he has inherited that uh, from you and Jackie. And because of that, he will um, kill you in your sleep. Yeah, it's, it's quite possible. I, I'm going to have him take the LSAT tomorrow, I think. Just yes. you know, get him started on his law degree because the negotiation stuff is, is pretty mind-boggling. He's, he's putting my brain in a pretzel on more than one occasion to where I just have to walk away. I'm just like, yes. I can't he, handle it. He wants to sleep with you guys because he's studying you while you sleep, learning compl- where, when you are your most vulnerable, uh, he is just learning how, how else he can twist the knife. Yes. Absolutely. And on top of that, we've been doing lots of scary movie stuff on this podcast lately. Yeah. We did Candyman. We did, um, we had Marvel zombies going yeah. on. That's not like traditional horror um, this week we're reviewing a film called Malignant, or we're going to talk about that later. Um, and for those of you listening on the podcast, you know we'll talk about that on Friday. But it's not helping with with the stuff. And and so I've been I've been indulging or I've been consuming a lot of horror content recently, which has got me on edge. And so then on top of all that, I, I mentioned this the other night. He goes out out of the blue because you know kids say creepy things. Um, <laughs> He goes, uh, hey, the other night, the reason I woke up was because I heard someone saying my name. And I was like, oh, is that right? I was like, what did, what did it sound like? And this was at 3 a.m. that he woke up and came into our room. He, I was like, what did it sound like? He was like, they were like, Marshall. And I was like, okay, that's your name. So, <laughs> makes sense. And he goes, no, actually, it was like, Marshall. And I was like, no, no, it was not. No, it was not. No, no. And I looked my wife dead in the eyes and I said, we're sleeping with the door locked tonight because like <laughs> just because he's being targeted by paranormal apparitions doesn't mean we all have to die. It just doesn't like I, I and I have seen paranormal activity three and I don't want to wake up with a small child next to my bed like possessed or, or trying to kill me or something. I just don't want that. Yeah, for a long time, you've cited two things as things that you will you will not put up with. One is that if you come home and you say, hello, I'm home. Hello, you get like one other chance. Yeah. And then you close the door and you never go back. And you're like, yeah. I'm not going to get uh, just like destroyed, like side effects style. Just stabbed. And, yeah, no, it's not happening. <laughs> and number two was, uh, was one of your children. Just you wake up in the middle of the night and they're just looking at you. And I think you're almost there. So. Oh, it has happened. Already, because we have to sleep with our door open too and unlocked, and yeah, it has happened and it horrifies me to no end. So yeah, it's things are not good. My mental, my mind frame is not good right now at all because of all of that. But yeah, yeah, enough about you know, me. What I, are your kids doing? <laughs> well, you know what I did uh, when my kids wanted their doors open all the time. I just told them the door has to be closed after you fall asleep because of fire safety, which is a true. That's thing. true. You that is true. Sleep. With your door closed. So for about a week, I think I terrified my son. uh, (laughs) You will burn in a fire is basically what I'm I'm like. I don't want to, I don't want to freak you out. 
But let's just say <laughs> if the door's open, there's a good chance you're catching fire in your sleep. Okay. That's right. And so, then, you know, our, our rooms are right across from each other. You know, there's about <laughs> six feet there and uh, maybe less. And he, he says, well, if the fire's in front of my door, how am I going to get out? I said, well, I'll break your window and I'll get you out. And yeah. then that just sent him through a tailspin. Yeah. Uh, He's like, wow. Yeah. He's like, this is going to, things are going to take a turn for the worse. <laughs> yes. Because as a child, the, the uh, precaution makes no sense to you you're like right preparing for things that will very unlikely happen that's weird and so yes. like when you get taught in school a thousand times that like that like fire safety you think fires are just happening all the time that's right you're like oh it's only a matter of the time like tick tock it, it's coming for me at some point my house will catch fire and i and if i don't get on the ground below the smoke line it's game over for me. That's right. That's right. Yeah. On your, on your belly, army crawling, you know, and tor- <laughs> tornado drills as yeah, well, absolutely. you know, earthquake um, drill, which just makes me think of, uh, the crisis reports, uh, back to the, the hotel. Back to our great know. idea. I know it's the best movie script that's ever not been written. So I it just, it's a matter of getting pen to paper at this point. I think some of this needs to get fed into the crisis papers. Um, We'll make that work. I agree. I agree. It's going to be a nine hour movie, but it's going to make sense. Yes. I, (laughs) I, I cannot wait. I think about it all the time, but we got a lot to cover. We really do. We have a ton of, we have a ton of news to cover and we have an absolutely bananas movie to review. Whether you liked it or not, everyone will agree that this movie is bananas bonkers crazy weird um so we'll have lots of fun conversation about that one for sure but before we do that of course we always have to get into what's popping so kirk are you ready to pop it up let's pop it up let's do it all righty you know for the second week in a row we have to start on a down note with what's popping because horrifically Norm MacDonald passed away yesterday after what was a lengthy and private battle with cancer, um, which is which is horrible for so many reasons. First of all, just we've lost so many incredible talents and people over the last uh, year or so from a, a number of things and cancer more often than not. And so it just sucks to see that happen. And also just... It, it reminds you that you just never know what people are going through. The fact that the fact that Norm Macdonald has been performing, you know, I've seen him on stuff. He's made appearances. Not a, not a word about this. Meanwhile, at home, he's going through this horrific experience and battle for his life, um, which I believe they said was over nine years, and right. um, ultimately ended in him passing away, which is which is horrible. I think Norm Macdonald is such a unique comedian. I think his legacy is... Unfortunately, I just feel like his legacy will never be as big as it should be because he didn't take the traditional path of these great comedians where they get really heavily involved in films, um, which he, he, you know, he dabbled here and there, you know, appeared in some Adam Sandler-type movies, and, and he has had plenty of great, fun bit parts, but truly a legendary stand-up comedian incredible um, sketch comic improv comic one of the most one of the best delivery uh, you know he, his delivery is iconic deadpan and hilarious every single time um, so it's just I, I hope that I hope that his legacy 
um, lives on for a long time because it deserves it even without him not having the you know like the film credits and things like that because i i just truly think he's one of the best to ever do it yeah norm mcdonald he's kind of like uh there's no one else like him he's kind of like a, an andy kaufman character yes there's, their humor is only funny when they do it. Uh, there's been kind of this, uh, the, the roast of Bob Saget has been floating around a lot on social media. <laughs> and his jokes are absolutely absurd. And it doesn't matter. His delivery and his just presence just brings about such uh, such mild discomfort. Like he's telling you a joke that makes no sense. It's It's innately absurd. But you laugh because you're like, is that smart? And then maybe it is, maybe it isn't, and you will never know. And that's part of part of the just beauty of what he brought. Uh, just uh, brilliant man on SNL, uh, brilliant in in a, couple, a bunch of um, a bunch of '80s films, a couple where he was the the leading man or or co-leading uh, counterpart. Yep. And yeah, some Adam Sandler, some Adam Sandler clips. And man, he just he just killed it. He really did. Uh, my favorite SNL skit that he did <laughs> has got to be uh, there was this sketch, this recurring sketch that was called I don't even remember what it was called, but in it they were it was like a game show, and you had to tell if you knew the answer or not. So it was kind of like a, a sideways Jeopardy, and they'd give a fact, and then he would say, "Yeah, I knew that." And he would just be like eating food and like collecting <laughs> prizes and money and uh, oh my goodness he was like yeah yeah I, I knew that and it was just so dumb and I loved every minute of it so very shocking very shocking that he was sixty one yeah, I thought yeah. he was older just because of my age and just horribly sad horribly sad yeah it's awful I think the the only silver lining that you get whenever a comedian specifically passes away is that when you go to view their work to take a trip down memory memory lane and honor their legacy they they brighten your day right away yeah and so you know i was watching the moth joke today and watching celebrity jeopardy and uh, all of those things and just you know marveling at what an incredible comedian he is but also just laughing laughing so hard and just totally brought a smile to my face and made my day better so cannot recommend that enough i think just Go on YouTube, type in Norm MacDonald. You'll you'll have laughs for hours. It's just endlessly fun stuff. So, um, but as always, you know, it sucks. And and our thoughts and and our prayers are with the family and friends of Norm MacDonald, those that knew him personally. Because you know, as fans, like we don't even have that level of connection, and, and so it's got to be just you know eleven million times worse for them. So definitely thinking about those, but. Wanted to honor Norm Macdonald. We're going to um, move into some other movie news that we have. We got stuff all over the board. We, we really, you know, for the longest time, it was like if it wasn't Disney, it wasn't news. And that is just no longer the case. So the one story, Kirk, I wanted to bring up because I feel like this happened really under the radar and like very quietly is that Christopher Nolan's is making Christopher Nolan's making his next film and he's doing it without Warner Bros. He's yeah. doing it with uh, with Universal Pictures. And I mean, two decades of working with, with WB and he is out, according to the Hollywood Reporter. He's he's making his next movie, which the word on the street is that it's going to be about um, J. Robert Oppenheimer, who was behind, you know, his involvement in, in creating the atom bomb. So another period war movie. We know that he loves his period pieces as well as his 
sci-fi crime thrillers. Those are sort of the two that he always comes back to, which, you know, he can do no wrong. So I'm, I'm here for it. But what are your thoughts? I mean, do you think this is all blowback from the tenant situation? It was that, was that enough for, for Chris Nolan to like see how the tenant delays happened and then see what happened with the day, same day in theater and release on HBO max was, you think that was enough for him to just be like, I'm out. You know, I think it must have been the final straw because let us oh, not okay, forget, yeah. you've already read my mind, let us not forget that he was in charge of, of all the DCEU stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now he didn't, his name was on it. His name was plastered all over it, even though he wasn't like on the ground floor making the movies, which big mistake. He should have just made all of them like the Russo brothers at a certain point. And I think that just the failure of those and then finally seeing like the Snyder cut rally and come out and still pretty much fail <laughs> and then you get this where it was just a big big fat surprise all of these giants uh doing this uh, streaming and in theater or just streaming without the consent of the actual filmmakers i think it was the final straw in this particular case and very shocking um what what do we know about the movie so it's it's the the atom bomb, right? Is that what you yeah, said? that's that's yeah. what the speculation is. Is that that's the movie that he's working on? Um, there are rumors that Killian Murphy is attached to it, which wouldn't, wouldn't be surprising because he's worked with him many times before. It's sort of one of his one of his favorite actors to use. And I mean, I've already spewed my love for Killian Murphy, so I'm yeah. I'm all about it. But Absolutely. That is really all we know so far, and we we're just assuming that that's that's his next film. Um, because of the buzz that's out there, but it's nothing has been confirmed. But we know that he did shop this. This was an extensive process. He met with Apple. Um, he met with he met with uh, numerous other studios, including Warner, and uh, ended up going with Universal. I think because I think what I will be interested to see is that there were rumors that he was asking for a 90 to 120 day exclusive theatrical window for his next film okay. um, because we, we know this is, this is the hill that Chris Nolan is willing to die on. Christopher Nolan is willing to die on the hill that his film has to be a theatrical release. We saw it with Tenet. We, you know, we're seeing it again. He truly believes that the place for people to see his films is on, is on the big screen. You know, Denis Villeneuve feels that way as well, though he eventually had to give in on Dune um, just to keep it from getting delayed more and more. But there are filmmakers out there who just, it's, it's against everything they believe in for their movie to premiere on a home streaming service. And, you know, take that, you know, for, for whatever, you know, if you think that that's baloney or not, it is the way that they are. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what universal, what requests universal was able to acquiesce for, um, for Christopher Nolan. And if he'll actually get that big of a release window. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a little curious if going with universal, you know, and because he's a big sci-fi thriller guy, you know, just follow my thread here. Um, maybe there is an idea down the line that will scream a new attraction at a Universal Park. I don't know Ooh. what that looks like. I don't know if it's a reboot that he's going to take on and fix. But how cool would that be? Yeah, that would be cool. That would In be addition, cool. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm surprised that, you know... NBC Universal. I'm surprised they're not angling for the film to premiere, not premiere on Peacock, but to have a shorter theatrical window. Because I know that that's that's what they're doing with like the Exorcist project that they're working on and things like that. But um, 
again, we'll we'll see what the what the final pitch was or what the final deal was that was struck. But this was really, um, I, I think of this as like a free agent in sports. Like he went out there and was was wined and dined by a bunch of studios to get their next film because this is the first time he's been a free agent, if you will, uh, for the last two decades. And he he's the man. You know, he's one of the best directors in all of film right now. And so. Um, this is a big deal. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens with that movie, and we'll keep you guys posted. Yes. Next up, uh, also on the Warner WBDC side of things, there is a spinoff series coming for Penguin, which will be a spinoff of the new Robert Pattinson The Batman series, uh, which is expected to be a trilogy. It's the one that's directed by Matt Reeves. But uh, in this new movie, The Batman, Colin Farrell is playing the is playing the villain, the penguin. Um, he has said publicly that his screen time in this film is minimal. You know, we have speculated that that's because they're setting up, you know, a larger thing, maybe the court of owls or something like that. But this would seem to be another piece of evidence on that side of the table that they are setting up something bigger because they already have a spinoff series planned for this uh, film franchise. That's not out yet. So your thoughts <laughs> I can't contain my excitement. I really well, I know can't. you're you're the Colin Farrell guy. You lo- you you're all about it. I have loved Colin Farrell all the way back to Bullseye in Daredevil. Ben Affleck, Jennifer Garner uh, made their relationship rest in peace, and I have just followed Colin Farrell um, in person and in his career. I have been dying to to see him just climb and climb because he was climbing. He was climbing. He came out with you know, the typical kind of Matthew McConaughey route. He was in SWAT. He was this, this sex symbol. <laughs> yeah. And then he, he, then he fell off the face of the planet with, um, with Daredevil came back in indie films and man, did he come back and man, can he do weird? Uh, that is, that is just the perfect spot for him and being the penguin, uh, with all those crazy prosthetics and makeup. Uh, I, I just, I just know that I feel like we've already gotten some of his best performances, but this just tells me he's got more and more to give. So I'm super excited. When that news came across, I was just absolutely pumped to see it's going to be a whole series uh, because we haven't seen him in anything like that. Uh, he's been in some two-parter movies, but nothing of this length. And I think it's going to be really, really incredible. I couldn't be any more excited for Mr. Colin Farrell. Yes. Yeah, it's exciting. He was in... Um... Oh, I wanted to say he was in True Detective. Did I make that up? He was in season two. Season two, of, which was the, season. basically the lost season. Yeah, <laughs> that that season sucked. But uh, this is this is exciting. I think for me, you know, I was initially initially happy when they said that this Batman series sort of lives outside of the DC extended cinematic universe or whatever, um, because I think that it has potential to be up there with the Chris Nolan series if it reaches its full potential and and I want Batman to be protected from the garbage that has come out of the DCEU in recent years not that they can't turn it around I think they can but um, I was happy about that but I was also at the same time kind of upset that it might limit their ability to keep it going and like mm-hmm. add more to it and this gives me hope that like they believe in what they have and maybe there will be this whole separate Batman web of series and movies and maybe it goes beyond three movies maybe it goes and you know becomes its own thing um and and basically usurps the dceu as the preeminent franchise that they have there i don't know 
but this gives me a lot of hope. I'm, I'm, I'm very excited about it. Would it be great? Wouldn't if they, what if they just like shut down the DCEU and they're just like, yeah, just let that creative team keep going with whatever they want, whatever resources, no restrictions, let them do what they do, especially if it's successful, which so far, and I know we haven't seen it like anything past the trailer, but it already looks like just such a better vibe than what we've been given over the past decade. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I 100% agree. All right. I feel like the rest of these sort of fall in the quick hitter category to, an, to an extent. So we'll try to go we'll try to go somewhat quick. This one, I'm just, I don't even know where to go with this. There is a sequel to Twins in the works. Yes. Twins, of course, uh, you know, directed by Ivan Reitman, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito. Uh, they're working on a on a a sequel 33 years after the original movie came out, and the sequel. This is I haven't even gotten to the crazy part yet. The sequel is called Triplets, and the plot revolves around the fact that they have a third long lost brother who is Tracy Morgan. Tracy Morgan's been cast, and the original director Ivan Reitman, who's directed in- incredible. You know him and his son are like one of the most famous father-son directing duos ever, his son, uh, Jason. Uh, but, they, you know, he directed Ghostbusters. He's directed tons of these really, like, cult classic yep. comedies from back in the day. But Twins is now becoming triplets in a sequel that will have Schwarzenegger and DeVito reprising their roles and have Tracy Morgan uh, into the fold. Thoughts? Pumped. I'm absolutely pumped. <laughs> I loved the movie twins i absolutely loved it i um i rented it from uh, from the grocery store uh, rental <laughs> the old shop VHS. and save rental yeah buddy <laughs> that's right that's right over and over and over again and if twins was missing then i was getting junior which <laughs> junior, is the film yeah. where, i think where, ivan reitman directed that too he probably did. They might as well be the same movie. I mean, it's it's Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito again. So, uh, where Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> becomes the first pregnant man. It's it's absolutely incredible. Twins is. I couldn't think of of a, uh, a more insane way to sequel this movie than to adding another brother and adding an African American yeah, brother to an Austrian man and a very <laughs> short. What what is Danny DeVito in Italian? New York, I, I would assume. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I wow. It's you know you read it and you're like, well, they're they understand what needs to happen here. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they understand the absurdity of this and they're just going for it. And for that, I say all power to them. It's just it's great. It's great. Jersey. He's from Jersey. That's Jersey. where Danny DeVito's from, yeah. of course. Um, Wow. So yeah, triplets coming to a theater near you. I don't know when, but that that's a must watch. That's that's yes. that's one we'll be keeping a close eye on. Uh, a couple of other things. Only Murders in the Building has been renewed for season two already at Hulu. Um, they just had their fifth episode drop this week on Tuesday. I haven't gotten a chance to check it out yet, but it's been um, by all accounts a, a huge series premiere for Hulu. So not surprising for season two. Other than you know what will the plot be? Of course the plot. We don't know the ending of the plot of the first season, so we'll see. But uh, Only Murders in the Building has been renewed for season two. So any fans out there, keep an eye on that. And I believe uh, Selena Gomez and, and Martin Short and Steve Martin are all expected to return. So Unless one of them dies. In season one? Yeah. Yeah. That would be cool. 
I mean, I mean Martin it would be as cool because I like would the, be Oh, Martin Short as a ghost would be electric. <laughs> His, yeah, I, I'm for that. If he's like literally like a Casper, the spooky ghost uh, with a long like tail and he's just like a very like stark white, tr- slightly transparent ghost, I'm, I couldn't love that more. But he has like Patrick Swayze abilities, right? Where he can like throw stuff around the room, you know? Like, oh, yeah. He has to be able to interact with his environment. That's a must. That's a yes. must. Like, we got to lay that rule for sure. Uh, yeah, that would be so great. Uh, in fact, wait. if it's not that, I'm going to be ticked now. Now now, now I want that. <laughs> All right. Next up, Jason Sudeikis getting a massive payday, according to The Hollywood Reporter, um, for season three of Ted Lasso, which will most likely premiere next year. They're in the midst of season two right now. He will reportedly be taking a pay bump from around $250,000 an episode to right around a million bones per episode. One million dollars per episode. Um, I think each season is like, I don't know, 12 episodes or something like that. So you can do the math there. Um, So yeah, big payday for Jason Sudeikis, who also I saw was on Time's list of 100 most influential... Was it Time? Right? One of those old magazine publications most influential people of 2021 or something like that so uh lots of wins coming up for for jason sudeikis bravo and i have to say with ted lasso i was all in on season one and maybe i'm in the minority here i probably am because people are like bananas about that show season two lost me it felt like to Mm. me like i i watched the first three episodes and i haven't i haven't gone back yet um like it's still enjoyable enough to watch, but it just feels like they're milking the same shtick to like, they're almost too aware of it now. And so the jokes just kind of land flatter because you know, they're trying to tell those jokes. And so it's just like, I don't know. It doesn't feel as natural to me. Um, I wish them the best. I really do. I think it's a great underdog story. I love the message of the show. I love, I love a lot of things about it, but season two just didn't, didn't get me like season one. So Hmm. We'll see. How much is left in? So I have not yet partook in Ted Lasso. Um, so how much is left in season two? Do you think? To be honest, I don't even know. Okay. <laughs> I like I haven't even logged into Apple TV Plus since I watched the last episode. So uh, yeah, yeah. I wish I did. I, I I'll probably go back and finish it at some point, but just wasn't wasn't there for me so far. Okay. Well, bravo to you still, Mr. Jason Sudeikis. <laughs> That's right. Get your money, man. And, and <laughs> you're, he, I, I love, I love Jason Sudeikis. So like I said, I, I truly wish them the best. I think, I think it's what they're doing is great. So uh, best of luck to them. Next up, a movie that I'm very excited about. Cause there's been, you know, these sort of award rumblings that you get Kirk, where it's like you hear a movie's name, you hear a name of a movie mentioned and you're like, Whoa, what was that? You mm-hmm. know, it's kind of like fleeting. <laughs> Nightmare Alley is one of those movies. Nightmare Alley is Guillermo del Toro's um, next big movie. His follow-up after crushing the Academy Awards with Shape of Water, winning awards left, right, and center for that film. Um, This is expected to be his next big swing at awards. And it officially has a release date, which is December 17th, which I believe is the exact same day that uh, Spider-Man No Way Home comes out. So I believe it is. Yikes, box office-wise, it's going to be toughy. Um, but the trailer is expected to drop soon. They've been dropping some posters and some promotional material. That cast, by the way, um, includes Bradley Cooper, Kate Blanchett, Tony Collette, Willem Dafoe, Rooney Mara, Ron Perlman, among others. Wow. So um, Bradley Cooper 
is a perennial favorite, <laughs> you know, whenever he's in a movie for, for Academy Awards these days, that's expected to be the case with this one. So, um, Mark that date on your calendar. I'm sure you already have it circled for No Way Home, but just add another circle around it for Nightmare Alley. <laughs> we should be, as soon as that trailer drops, we'll get it in front of you guys. So be ready. Next up, due to the success of Shang-Chi, which had another great weekend, Kirk, I don't know if you saw, it made another 31 mil at the domestic box office in, in <clears> weekend <throat> number two. Uh, granted, wasn't facing a, t- a ton of competition with the exception of Malignant, which was also on HBO Max. So that sort of dampened it a little bit. Anyway, due to the massive success of Shang-Chi, Disney has officially committed to releasing their remaining six films for 2021 in theaters. Um, with at least a 45-day, I believe... Now, they're... Encanto is the one, the, the animated film, the Disney Animation mm-hmm. Studios Encanto. I think they were flirting with the idea of a 30-day release window for that one before putting it on Disney+. Plus. Um, but the rest are expected to be 45-day. Yes, so. and ScarJo gets a 3% cut of every single <laughs> Poor one Scar of Poor ScarJo. <laughs> She's probably shaking her fist at the clouds over this over this news, man. It just didn't... Or she's really happy. <laughs> Maybe she'll. I, I think she's going to end up with a real nice payout for all of this, and uh, you know, I hope that she does. I really do. That, I wish her the best. That new baby is going to have a really nice crib and a Dallas. really nice wardrobe. Bling bling. Yeah, that baby's going to come out with a literal silver spoon in yes. its mouth. <laughs> like, <laughs> like that. They'll be fine. They'll be fine with cash. She's going to be. She's going to be doing great. Um, speaking of ScarJo, you'll remember that she was. The you know listed as the executive producer on this uh, uh, t- Tower of Terror movie that they're doing. Well, they're also doing a Haunted Mansion movie yes. at Disney, which she is not involved in. But you know, similar. Uh, it's one of these like ride themed movies that they're doing now, which I'm like, eh, you know, that remains to be seen if they can make a good one, in my opinion. But they're doing mm-hmm. the Haunted Mansion. The cast, some, we got some casting news for this movie, courtesy of Deadline. Um, Lakeith Stanfield, which like, yes, please. Tiffany Haddish. Yes. Owen Wilson. Wow. And Rosario Dawson are, are who's been announced for that cast so far. So, I mean, if we're, if we're scoring based on casting alone, that sounds very intriguing, but, uh, we'll see, we'll see what else comes out. Kirk, how are you feeling about Haunted Mansion with just those details so far? It sounds pretty solid. I do think that they owe Eddie Murphy at least a cameo in it in some regard. Oh, he'll get one, don't you think? A ghost, <laughs> you know? Don't you think he'll get one? I think so, because they they just they just did him so wrong with that script, which I've never seen the, the entirety of that movie. I have started it before. And I don't I've know that any human being it. has seen the entirety of that movie. I don't think <laughs> they should make that like a social media challenge. Like you have to watch, <laughs> you have to watch the whole thing. Um, I think Eddie Murphy got an awesome payday for that movie, if I remember correctly, at the time. Yeah. So I, I'm sure he's fine with it, but it did it did sort of hurt <laughs> his his acting credibility for a little while because that was a tough look, um, and it was much maligned for sure. But yes. maybe they'll get it right on attempt number two. We'll we'll see. A, another bit of casting news: we we had a lot of rumblings about this Timothy Chalamet, um, Willy Wonka origin story movie just called Wonka for a bit and then it was sort of all quiet for a while well we got another little trickle of casting news which is that Keegan-Michael Key is joining the cast and I want to get your thoughts on this like you immediately so Keegan-Michael Key is objectively hilarious he he also is an incredibly 
gifted actor. I, I loved him in Don't Think Twice. I've seen him in a couple of other things that he's been great in. Um, I think he's extraordinarily talented. But what do you think his casting means about the tone of this movie? I mean, hopefully he, uh, 13 minutes into the film, he kills Timothy Chalamet and takes over the role of Wonka. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> that would be shocking. I, I think that's the only way to actually do it. Um, the tone of this movie will absolutely be slapstick. You can't have uh, Keegan I hope so. without some, with an elevated amount of humor, even if he's playing the straight man. You know, in Schmigadoon, uh, the Apple TV Plus series, a lot of the time he actually did play the straight man to Cecily Strong's comedic tone. Uh, at least that's how I saw most of the scenes played out. But I could see this movie, there's no way he comes into it and plays the straight man. He's going to be all over the place. He's going to do the somersault. There's no way <laughs> Timothy just gets to do it by himself, right? Right. I don't know. I'm, I'm wondering what this role is. Like, is he... Is he like his right man, original business partner? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what. I don't know what to expect. Are they going to shrink him down and make him an Oompa Loompa with CGI? <laughs> I think all all options are on the table at this point. But um, you have my attention, Wonka film. I'm, it, it I'm, just I'm watching got you. Better tenfold, tenfold. <laughs> Kirk, you're such a hater. You're a hater <laughs> of the Chalamet. I will say. I don't feel like we've gotten outside of him hosting SNL. I don't feel like we've gotten enough of his, like what he can do comedically for this movie and this casting to make a ton of sense. So, um, I mean, maybe it's going to be like a really creepy thriller. Maybe they're like banking on, there's no telling where we're going, you know, and I'd be down for that. I I would love that. It's just a, it's just like a two and a half hour cut of Keegan, Michael (laughs) key screaming while they've, like float down the chocolate <laughs> river tunnel and Timothy Chalamet just like screaming gibberish at him uh, at flashing lights. It's just like, it's just a fever dream of a film. Do, do we have a, I, that is, I would, I would love that. I would absolutely <laughs> love that. If they don't, if that's not the intent of the movie, can they make just a second version of that? Because that is required. Do we have a director for this yet? Yeah. Uh, Paul King. Paul King. Paul King. What um, have you done, Paul King? Looking you up you know, right to be honest, now. I, yeah, I'm blinking. I looked it up just the other oh, day. Oh, snap. He has directed Paddington and Paddington 2, which oh, got Oh, so he's great... the greatest director of all time. Yes. he's got He's gotten such great... Oh, no. Yes, that is correct. He's gotten such amazing love. I mean, Paddington, I've never seen it, but it, it has critical acclaim um, have Paddington, you watched this? Paddington, no, I haven't. But Paddington 2 was the best-reviewed movie on Rotten Tomatoes for years wow. since its release. I believe its release was like somewhere, you know, somewhat recently, 2017, looks like. Um, yes. And it, until this year, somebody, gave, some critic finally gave it a rotten review, which, like, that guy's such a troll. It's probably Absolutely. like, it's probably like Rick Astley who did it because um, he's like, <laughs> he's the Rick Roll guy. So. Uh, <laughs> Yes. I don't know, but anyway, he's he's got what it, he's got what it takes to to, to make it happen. Um, so we'll see. Paul King, we got Keegan Michael Key in tow. We'll see what happens with Wonka. We'll see what happens. All right, next up. So how how do you feel about these series? When they have a series, it dies or gets canceled for a long time, and then they make a movie about it. What's your take on that? Hmm. You know, we saw it with. Um, El Camino, 
Breaking Bad. They did the Breaking yes. Bad movie years after the fact. Like, are you are you down with that model? Like, if you have a show that you love, which we both love Breaking Bad, like after seeing El Camino and stuff like that, how do you feel about that model? I think it really is a case-by-case scenario. I think in most cases, it will not work. Yeah. El Camino worked beautifully, beautifully. Yeah. It um, it did. So what are what are you uh, what are you trying to get out of Luther? Here, Tell me. You remember that show uh, Luther with Idris yes, Elba? I, uh, yes, yes. So according to the Hollywood Reporter, Netflix is cooking up a Luther movie that will you know reunite Idris Elba in his iconic role. Um, we'll also bring into the fold Cynthia Revo and An- Andy Serkis uh, mm-hmm. for this movie. So did you watch any of Luther? I've not gotten to watch it yet. So no. I I watched like the first season and a half before I was like, eh, okay. It, like it was it was good, but it just there were there were better things to watch. I would say, mm-hmm. um, but I'd be, I'd be interested to hear from a Luther diehard if they're like, yes, I want this or no, because sometimes when your show gets put to rest, either of natural causes, <laughs> meaning the plot gets wrapped up or yes. it gets murdered via cancellation. Um, you just kind of get it, get to a point where you're at peace with it. Like yeah. my wife loves Frasier more than anything on this planet. And they're like doing the, the, the re whatever you call it. They're like rebooting it. Yes. And she's not okay with that. She like, she's made her peace with it and does not want it to come back. So I, I I'm always curious about that. Yeah. For this one, I think it has to be strictly a money grab because Obviously, Idris Elba is still very much a sex symbol uh, in this in this day and age. He is very much just a just a handsome lad and an A list actor. A list actor. He's magnetic. He's char- his charismatic. Can't speak anymore because I'm so caught up in his Idris uh, Elba. Yeah, I know him. You know, um, you know what? Actually, I'm 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 I might turn me. I think I'm going to go ahead and watch this show. I think I'm all in after after speaking out all the things that are about him that are so great. It might be a money grab, but you know he is magical, and I think that um, he has he has warped me into a spell just now, right now. I have long said that I would marry Idris Elba on the spot if if I was yeah. asked. I would, uh, you know, and. You know, say what you will about that, but I would. And mm. maybe that is uh, your next bet. The next time that something uh, you you put on the line, you you like all your chips are in yeah. on something's going to happen. You say, "Well, I'm going to have to go on TikTok and propose. legitimately propose to each yourself." Yeah. And honestly, I think my wife would be thrilled for all of us. I think it would be. I think it would work <laughs> out really well. Um, you know, thruples are gaining traction. Absolutely, in the world. this is it's 2021. I mean, I don't want to hear any <laughs> historical inhibitions holding me back. Like this is That's this right. could happen, Idris. Like let's make it happen. Let's make this a reality. Um, moving right along, Succession. Oh man, I love Succession. I'm rewatching in in the, the quickest, most violent pace ever. I'm rewatching <laughs> Succession. Uh, I watch it like while I work if I'm doing like data entry or something that's a little bit mindless. And holy crap, is that show so great! Um, but we finally have confirmation that it's returning October 17th. We're waiting on official release date there. October 17th is when season three comes back, and whew, man. That's so soon. That is one month away. I'm telling you, dude. It's and and maybe this is premature, but it's in it's in my top five shows of all time. Yes. It's you know, if we're speaking objectively, 
The Sopranos, The Wire, Bluey, Succession, <laughs> and then Breaking Bad, I think. <laughs> I, love, I love how you snuck Bluey in there. <laughs> Listen, if oh you don't know what Bluey God. is, whether you have children or not, if you have a Disney Plus account, I have to tell you to go watch it. It's my responsibility. It is the cutest show in the world and so thoughtful. Everything about it is incredible. First of all, they're Australian. Australian <laughs> accents are great. The The characters are adorable. It's hilarious. It, everything about it, it's great. I just, you can't make an argument in the other direction. I think it's, I think it's up there. Yes. Uh, succession, Bluey, Sopranos, Breaking I mean, Bad, yeah, The like, Wire. Yes. Yeah, actually, uh, I, I honestly I don't think The Sopranos is my top show. It just was it was good for the bit to go Sopranos, The Wire, then Bluey. That was that was for comedic effect. In case you guys didn't pack. Well, pack. you nailed it, Thanks, sir. Man. You nailed Thank it. You. And I I think you're I th- I think you're just trying to put a wall up right now. I think you genuinely love the show Bluey. No, I do. Okay. I no, I seriously do. So let those be your top five, Cam. Yeah. This is a safe. No, space. I, if I'm going to reorder anything, it would be move The Sopranos down probably. You know, and I will, I will die on the hill. That Girl Meets World was just uh, not as good as Boy Meets World, but it was really good and uh, shouldn't have been canceled, canceled prematurely, mm. and that it would be in my top ten of television shows wow. of all time. Wow, mm-hmm. I love yes. that. That's a hot take. It is. Um, but seriously, all jokes aside, Bluey is so great. I, I I do love it, and and yeah, I haven't seen Girl Meets World, but I'm I'm happy that you're living your truth and that you feel comfortable enough to do that. That's that's the kind of environment we're trying to foster here, Kirk. It's wise beyond its years. Uh, speaking of Bluey, <laughs> I think of Blue's Clues, and I think of Steve coming back, and I have a lot of feelings right now. Yeah, you should. A lot of feelings. So let's just get to the next the next piece of news before I start sobbing. Yeah, and it's the final piece, which is probably good because this were the the wheels are coming off of this train pretty quick. <laughs> but uh, trailer reaction. So here's what we're going to do because we've been talking for far too long. We had four big trailers come out over the last week. I know that that's actually a lot. Usually we talk yes. about one or two, four this week. Okay. And I want to, we've watched all of them. And, and the four are Don't Look Up, which is the ad, the new Adam McKay movie with Leo and uh, Jennifer Lawrence and every other person who's ever acted in the history of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, Hawkeye, the Disney Plus series with uh, Haley Steinfeld and Jeremy Renner. The Matrix Resurrections and West Side Story. Those are the four trailers. So I just want to do quick hitters. Let's start with Don't Look Up. What's your thoughts on the trailer? Are you in on this movie? Are you buying it? Or are you selling it? I'm in on this movie. Uh, it will deliver because Leo DiCaprio hasn't had a bad movie since The Beach. Sorry, The Beach Lovers. That movie just made no sense to me. Um, and everyone else in the cast uh, is going to knock it out of the park. The biggest concern is that it is on Netflix that it is releasing strictly to Netflix that Netflix purchased this. It doesn't seem very much like Adam McKay. It doesn't seem like an Adam McKay move specifically, but this is a new day and age, a new era, and whoever's got the money and whoever can see it the most, um, that's that's probably the smartest. And it's also the safest to go directly to Netflix. So I am cautiously optimistic about Don't Look Up. Yeah, I'm going to go to the other side. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say I don't think it's gonna be good. I'm gonna and I'm I'm putting myself out on a limb here, and I'm I'm glad to do it. I think this will be a rare Leo flop. I think um, 
you know, and I love Adam McKay. I just sung the praises of Succession, which is a show that he's executive produced. I love The Big Short. I love, um, you know, many of the things that he's pulled together. I think Talladega Nights is one of the funniest movies of all time. Um, but I think he's washed. I think he's washed. And I think he's washed because of Vice. Vice left a Oof. horrible taste in my mouth because it was exactly what you would expect to happen with someone like him once once they get even bigger and like start to get carte blanche it was like all of his all of his quirks and best tendencies dialed up to a billion with just no self discipline or anything and i love adam mckay i can't say that enough but i just think that it was clear that he just got had too much freedom on that movie and just went bananas and he just totally lost me and like the thesis of that movie never made sense to me i was like anyway i i hated it i thought it was awful it was messy. It was very messy. Yeah. yeah. So I saw this trailer. I was like, this looks like it could be messy. I know he's got lots of friends. He's made a lot of successful movies. He's deserve he's deserves all the praise that he's gotten. I'm I'm going out on a limb. I'm saying this one's gonna bomb. I think it's gonna bomb. But we'll see. We'll see. Next Save up, this clip. I, know, I will. Later. I sure will. And I'll <laughs> I'll use it for better or worse. Uh, Hawkeye. First thoughts on the Hawkeye trailer, which was very Christmassy, Kirk. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. I, uh, they found a way to make, uh, to continue to improve Hawkeye's character, who came in as such a sub-character in the MCU and just continuously got more and more screen time, uh, continuously carved his way as such a specific um uh, burdened character uh, yes. with so much responsibility, um, just peeling, just like like an ogre, just peeling the onion off, peeling the layers off. I, I, there was a little bit of diehard cheer in my in my heart yeah, because sure. uh, he jumps off a building that's exploding on a seemingly like a, a small wire. Uh, this this show, um, I wasn't, I, I would, I didn't know how it was going to work. And the Haley Steinfeld not being his daughter is a big curveball, um, but I'm I'm all in on this one. No no hesitation whatsoever. Yeah, I think it looks way better than I anticipated. I think it I think it has strong potential to be a favorite among the D- the Disney Plus series, um, mostly because and and obviously Jeremy Renner is a nut, the d- deluxe complete. Yeah not so what with the app and the the music career and and everything you know like it it is what it is um but he's a great actor and and many of the greatest are uh nuts but he is an awesome actor i watched the town the other night such a good performance by him playing a character that is like super real and relatable even though like none of us really hang out with people (laughs) like him in real life it's just like such a good performance so i'm excited to get to see him get more screen time with this character because i think i I know he's gonna bring it i've rarely seen a bad performance out of him so um i think it's gonna be great i'm excited it's gonna be exquisite it's gonna be really good i feel like there's some john mcclain tendencies in in some of those no doubt yeah facial expressions like he had to be honing in some of that so I'm just, I'm over the moon excited that, that this is the route they're taking with it. Absolutely. Um, next up, The Matrix Resurrections. Your thoughts? I have never seen a more perfect trailer than The Matrix Resurrections. Wow. Wow. <laughs> 
I love every aspect of it. I remember being in sixth grade and um, Mr. Keefe, my my uh, grammar, spelling, slash language arts teacher, whatever he taught, uh, being a huge Matrix fan. I was too young to see it. And Matrix, uh, Matrix 2 came out and he was like, it was good. They left it on a cliffhanger. They could have left it on a cliffhanger a little bit like a half an hour earlier, but it was in a really good spot. And years later when I watched it, I was like, He's right. He's right. Saw the third one and I I got it. So many people hated it because they didn't get they had their own ideas of it. There was too much pressure. This direction, this literal resurrection and tying in uh, seemingly everything wrong with our society uh, and capturing that in a single trailer. It's so mesmerizing. Uh, I'm I'm so pumped for this. It has such a good direction on it. And we only get one of the Wachowskis on this. So that is also something to be feared, but also a little bit of, uh, of more freedom, right? Because you don't have your siblings saying, no, I want to do that. Okay, well, I'll, I'll settle for that. You do this, I'll do that. You have one 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 direction uh, of, of a mindset of this. And that is truly exciting. I I have a feeling you don't feel this way just by your facial reactions. No, no, I just have a great poker face. I've never seen a more perfect trailer. I mean, I'm not going to go that far because that's that's (laughs) insanity, but I I like it. I always love a bold take, but um, I'm excited for it. I think the, I agree. I think the question with sequels and remakes, we talk about it all the time, especially me is why are you doing it? Or what's the reason? And I think the reason couldn't be more clear. I think, um, you know, Lana Wachowski has seen their uh, work uh, sort of bastardized by people recently, like yes. using the red pill. You know, I saw there's the infamous tweet where Elon Musk tweeted like the blue pill, red pill thing. And then um, Ivanka Trump like retweeted it with a quote and, and, and Lana Wachowski just <laughs> replied F you both <laughs> because it's like <laughs> they're using their work for something that's not related. Anyway, I yes. think the social commentary, the direction that they're going with it is clear. I, I, I don't think, um, you know, I think there's going to be more. I think a lot of people might look at that and be like, oh, it's too in your face, but I think that it will be more complex than that when the movie comes mm-hmm. out. So I'm excited. I think it makes sense why they're doing this movie now. And I'm excited to see it. I think it'll be. I think it'll be a lot of fun. I am so sad we didn't see this on your birthday uh, in 2020. Don't Kirk. <laughs> can't. Double but, Keanu Day was going to be the great. It was going to go down in history. It was. We were going to make history, Kirk. It was going to be incredible. And um, <clears throat> I, I cry every day thinking about it. It's <laughs> it's how I end my evening every night. I just cry myself to sleep. Also, the fact that uh, Keanu. I know people are going to be like, well, it's the same person. He looks exactly like John Wick in this movie. He's wearing a black suit with a black shirt. I'm like, we can't mm-hmm. at least put him in like a t-shirt or something so that he looks slightly different. He looks exactly, the character design is exactly the same. Oh, you're you're concerned that John Wick and him are too similar in this version. I, of I Matrix. am. I am. Yeah. They well, look, I, I mean, he's wearing the same outfit that John Wick wears. <laughs> Well, his hair is a little bit more disheveled oh. in this one, and I have to say that his physicality of Neo came back. Um, you can see it; it's there. It's you get the undertones of it, but obviously a new version of that. So I, th- I, th- I don't know. If Watching someone it, it had never perfect. seen 
The Matrix, but had seen John Wick, they would think this was a trailer for a John Wick movie. Well, maybe. <laughs> They'd be like, wow, they're getting really weird, but... Uh, They'd be like, yep, I mean, no doubt about it. That's John Wick right there. They're releasing John Wick 4 and 5 <laughs> at the same time. The same, weird. Um, but yeah, anyway, just saying. Okay, finally, West Side Story, hot off the presses. It premiered on Good Morning America this morning. This is Steven Spielberg's adaptation of the classic, uh, you know, really the the most iconic, maybe, movie musical of all time, Kirk. But I want to know what you think about this trailer and what you think about uh, Rachel Zegler and Ansel Elgort as our leads. I think this movie will be technically perfect. Um, it's very easy to see that where you have these vibrant co- colors that are, and the, the word I'm using is going to be wrong, but it's they're muted slightly to give it uh, the film to look aged just a little bit, but still in high def 4K, 5K. Uh, this movie, the way that the characters are moving, the way that they are interacting with each other is so familiar and also with just such new breath at the same time. So, wh- whether or not that will transcend into what we know came out of the passion uh, from the original actors in the movie, that. I don't think it will reach, but I think it will be a technically perfect movie. Um, I'm just going to give it my score right now as a projection, oh, a seven, <laughs> a seven point three <laughs> out of ten, and we'll see when we get to that point if I'm if I'm anywhere near there. Oh my goodness! <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you in the sense that I do think it will. It, I mean, it looks great, right? The trailer looks good. Cin- cinematography is stylish and. You can see, like you know, like you're alluding to, you can see what they're trying to do stylistically, and I think it works. Um, yeah, I, I'm not super thrilled about this movie. I, I love the original so much. I think it's a masterpiece. I've, I've watched it countless times. I think, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And it's like how I feel about you know they're they're making an American version of the Train to Busan right now. Apparently, I'm like. You don't need to remake a really good foreign film into an Americanized version of it unless you're going to change the story. Like, if you want to twist something on it, like, there's just no need. You just watch it with subtitles. The original was good. You know, it was yes. great. And and I feel the same way about whenever they go back and remake something that's super old. I'm like, old isn't bad, you know? No. Like, in a lot of cases, it gives it a lot of character, just like an old house. And so I find that movie is just as potent and amazing today as it was whenever I first watched it and probably as amazing as it was when people first saw it in 1961. So I'm just, again, I just I think I'm just sort of fundamentally positioned against the release of this film, but I will see it. I hope that it's great. Uh, yeah, I love the musical, um, but, you know, that's my piece on it overall. Yeah, and if, if you need another, another version... Uh if that if that film doesn't strike you as well maybe i've not seen that movie um but what if you what if you knew that there was a um i believe it's a a spanish version of shot for shot version of breaking bad word for word shot for shot version that is out there where it literally looks like they took over the sets and they went and refilmed everything this is true i found this when i was in the bahamas in uh, i believe it was 2014 for a business trip and netflix that has different films in different regions right and i saw breaking bad but i didn't see our walter white on it and i turned it on shot for shot wow. ladies and gentlemen did some digging 
they did release the script with the specific instruction like, yeah, you can redo this shot for shot, word for word. And they did the entire series. What? <laughs> insane. Absolutely insane. Uh, why do we need that? We don't. We don't. We so, definitely don't need that. I mean, that's, that's, <laughs> that's insane. I, I had no idea that that existed. It's crazy. So whether or not um, West Side Story will... Uh, it'd be interesting. It'd, it'd be interesting to see if someone who especially is, um, you know, older than us, who grew, who got to see that movie actually in theaters, yeah. gets to see this in theaters and to say, you know, which one they prefer. Um, I imagine it would be the, the original. But what if, what if this also right. turns them? I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. All right. Last thing. And I know we were like, we've been talking for a thousand years, but just real quickly, things to watch for this week. We want to make sure you guys are up to date. Uh, La La Land is on Hulu. So I'm going to plug that every single chance that I get. La La Land is on Hulu. It's, uh, it's great. If you haven't checked it out, it's one of my faves. Um, what if episode six dropped today, date of recording, uh, September 15th. Cry Macho, which is the new Clint Eastwood movie is premiering in theaters and on HBO max this weekend. Um, the Eyes of Tammy Faye, starring Jessica Chastain and Andrew Garfield, is premiering in theaters this weekend. Scenes from a Marriage, also starring Jessica Chastain and Oscar Isaac, has premiered their first episode on HBO and HBO Max, so check that out. And then we have the Emmys coming up on Sunday night. Um, <clears throat> for the record, we have not ever really done much for the Emmys besides post a few articles after the fact, give a few opinions, etc. I think this year will be more of the same because um, I'll be out of town and uh, yeah, that's really all there is to it. I don't think it'll be the world's most entertaining show. We tend to go big for the other award shows, but I think the Emmys will sort of, we'll keep you updated. We'll, we'll post the winners and whatnot uh, yeah. after the fact the next day, probably a list of the winners, but we won't have uh, night on coverage like we have done in the past for the Oscars and whatnot. So just a level set there. Sorry, Emmys. Yeah. You're not cool enough, Emmys, for us to sit there and tweet about you all night long. It's just not going to happen. Maybe next year. Be cooler next year, Emmys, and maybe you'll be on our list. We'll see. Maybe. Maybe. But don't count on it. All right. That's all we got. Let's pop it up one last time. Thank you for listening to this episode of Popcorn for Breakfast. Our executive producer is Ryan Spriggs, and our original music is by Rhetoric. You can check them out on Spotify, Apple Music, and Amazon Music. We are on Facebook at Popcorn the Number 4 Breakfast, as well as Twitter and Instagram at PFB underscore podcast. Check the description to find out how you can connect with us on Discord, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and follow us on Twitch. If you like this episode, please subscribe, like, comment, rate, or review. And if you want more, you can find all of our episodes and videos on popcorn the number four breakfast.com. We'll see you next time.